Thanks for joining us online. You're about to hear a sermon from Pastor Louis Burgos from the series Words That Prosper. If God has used this ministry in any way to encourage you, please drop us an email at amen at citywidechurch.us. We're always encouraged to hear what God has done through this ministry. Bless and inspire faith all over Bridgeport, Connecticut. Also, if you'd like to support us financially, you can do so at www.citywidechurch.us. Now prepare your heart to hear a word from the Lord. You know, I'm asking for your undivided attention for the next few minutes. As the Lord has burned something in my heart for a number of weeks now. And, and I even cut my last series short to go into this. Because I believe that... um God has a specific word for a lot of people today. Amen. It sounds crazy. God has an individual word for a lot of folks today. And uh, this will be a number of weeks. We're going to stay on this. But let's pray. I want to thank the parents so much for letting us dedicate those children. That means the world to us at Citywide. Amen. Father. Hide me behind your cross, Father. Let your word come forth just as you gave it to me as you whispered it to me in my time of prayer Father God I ask you right now Lord that you would have your way Lord we surrender our hearts our minds our every thought to you in this moment I ask you Father to keep us still and sensitive today to your word we thank you for the worship for the singers for the musicians and and for the spirit they brought into this place Father But now, Lord, it's your turn to speak, Father God. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Come on, somebody say amen. There was this point in the history of the universe where, for reasons not made clear in the Bible, God's beautiful creation of earth was void and without form in Genesis chapter 1 the second verse it says that darkness was over the face of the earth and the spirit was hovering over the deep this darkness is due in fact to the fall of Satan manifested sin prior to Adam and God in Genesis 2 is hovering over the earth God desires to remake to reshape and to do a mighty remodel of the earth he wanted to restore his prized possession the jewel of the universe inside of an ocean of stars the one that he had chosen to put forth life he wants to remake it it was in the father's heart in Genesis chapter 1 verse 2 it says the spirit hovered over the deep and then I believe one of the greatest things that ever happened in the history of mankind happened in Genesis chapter 1 verse 3 where for the first time in our relationship with God the physical audible voice of God 
recorded by Moses in Genesis chapter 1 3 thunders over the face of the earth and he says let there be light and in that moment the entire earth is full of the glory of God light shining from the divine it comes down and it embraces the entire earth every side every facet of the earth at once not by the sun not by the moon or the stars because those were all gone but simply by God himself the sheer holiness of God it came down and it shone from heaven and Elohim said let there be light and in that moment darkness was defeated in that moment victory was made in that moment sickness died sin died God killed it all John he writes in John chapter 1 I believe it's verse 5 he says the darkness could not comprehend the light the darkness could not come I don't want to get too technical with you but but in the original Hebrew the word where it says let there be light the original root word every every Hebrew word is a compound word but the original root word be is the is the actual word I am and so the words let there is not really in the Bible it's added so you can understand it the original translation just says God said be light and in the Hebrew it says Elohim Amar Hayah light meaning God said I am and there was light so is why Jesus said I am the light of the world God did not call for light so that he could see because the Bible says that God already knew the earth was void and without form God simply shone down the light to defeat darkness his word was triumphant right from the beginning. In that moment, his divine word shatters the primal cosmic silence that had existed. In that moment, a new cosmic order was born. Divine order is put in place when God said, let there be light, not light from the sun, the moon, or the stars, but straight from the throne room of God. And it was the ever-present revelation of God. I am light. He said, I am light, and there was light. It's like this God of ours is an automatic dispeller of darkness. He is a champion over sin. The whole earth is full of his glory at this moment. I believe with all my heart that every part of the earth Bible doesn't say it, but I believe with all my heart, every part of the earth, every every part all around was filled with the glory of God. And this is the first ever time God spoke in the history of his dialogue with us. The moment he spoke, his words were victorious over darkness. Are you with me today? Ten more times in Genesis chapter 1. The statement God said, Elohim Amar. Ten more times in just Genesis chapter 1, the statement would appear. God said. Genesis 1, 6, 1, 9, 1, 11, 14, 20, 22, 26, 24, 28, 29. Every time God said. 
in reference to a creative act. God said, Elohim Amar, ten times, ten being the Hebraic number that represents divine perfection. Ten commandments. A tenth is the tithe. Ten plagues over Egypt. Ten times Jesus said, I am. Ten, the number of posts that were in Moses' tabernacle. Ten, divine perfection. And so ten times the voice of Almighty God echoed over the entire planet from the heavens down to the deepest part of the seas. The word of God produced immediately results. Amazing responses happen when he said, let the firmaments of the earth be separated. And he created skies and sun and animals came forth at the voice of God. At the voice of God. When God desired to recreate the earth, he did not bust out a blueprint. He did not get his measuring tape. He didn't pull out heaven's trusty hammer. He didn't get all of his friends together. He used the power of his words. As my pastor likes to say it, God uses words as containers for life. Let me say that again. God uses words, words, words as containers for life. They release a supernatural power when you speak God used his words when creating man God said that he would make man in his image and up until this point you have two images of God one Genesis 1 2 he's a spirit hovering and so God gave you a spirit and when God said let me make man in my image it's not because of your body it's also because the only other image of God up until this point we have is that God speaks and life happened that's why the first job God gave Adam was to speak over the animals and he named all of creation he named all of creation and the reason you are made in God's image is because when you speak you have the awesome ability to create life you have the awesome ability to bring forth a great harvest for the kingdom of God. He said, let me make man in my image. Let me. A spirit who speaks life, my God. When God breathed into Adam, the Hebrew word is the ruach. It's just an exhalation. It just means that God exhaled into us. You got God's carbon and monoxide. You didn't even get full like oxygen. You got the exhale. You got the stuff he didn't even need. And in that, you have the ability to create life. Are you with me today? The Spirit of God hovers over the deep. A Spirit God that speaks life. At this point, man is pure and undefiled, but we don't know the time standing between his fall and between when he had he had gotten put in the garden but we know that in Genesis chapter 3 it depicts the story of the fall of man and when man fell instantly something happened that he also had the ability not just to create life but to create death with the words that he spoke a well known scripture Proverbs 18 21 death and life are in the power of the tongue and those who love it will eat its fruit. 
As humans were made in the image of God, inherited the privilege of speech. We have the privilege of speech. Nobody else has that privilege of speech but us. Over the course of the next few weeks, I want to talk to you on a sermon series called Words That Prosper. For a number of specific reasons, the Lord has placed upon my heart. I want this church to be a church who knows how to speak life. A church who knows how to handle when someone badmouths you. A church who knows how to handle the scorn of other churches. A church that knows when somebody talks bad about your pastor, you don't talk back. You just walk away and act like Christ. A church that knows that our job is to speak life and that is it. Our job is to represent Christ and that is it. Words that will prosper. If God's words shape the earth and you were made in the image of God, what are your words shaping? What words are you speaking into and over your life that are having a negative consequence? If God created the earth with his mouth, you create your world with yours. Hebrews chapter, I believe it's 11, where it talks about how how everything that is, is seen, everything we see in this earth was made by that which is unseen. He's talking about God's word. Because you can't see words unless they're written down. But God spoke and it happened. Parents, what have you spoken over your children in a moment of anger? Husbands, what have you said to your wives? Wives, what have you said to your husbands? What words have you spoken over your neighborhood, over your community? What words have you spoken over your job and over your finances? Are you choosing life or have you chosen death? Because you will eat the fruit of what you choose. Your life is and will be dictated by the fruit of your lips and what you speak today will happen tomorrow when God desires to change the earth from chaos into order he starts with simply his word he created a perfection with his words when he desired to make a masterpiece he will call man he speaks into the dirt and he made man and he put inside of man containers of life which is speech and word your words are seeds and when you speak into or over someone who is made out of a dirt body you are planting seeds into them you take a little boy and call him a, a faggot enough at some point he's going to wonder am I gay if you bully a kid enough they're going to think and believe they're a loser because people are planting seeds. What are you planting into the people around you? Is what you're saying worth listening to? Are your words worth growing? God spoke into nothing and made it something. I dare you, go out into the street and start talking about somebody's mother. That's going to turn nothing into something real quick. That's the quality that we have. We can turn nothing into something. And today, you might not have nothing, but you say, my God will provide, and then God will provide. You can turn nothing into something. If you would just begin to believe that God can actually use your words. My God, I wish you could pick this up today. 
The average human being speaks 15,000 words a day. Women speak about a thousand more than men. Mm. Some studies say up to 4,000 more, but I don't want to get in trouble today. How many of those words you speak are producing life? How many are producing life? Let alone, how much are you listening to that's not producing life? Planting all types of seed inside of you and then wonder why you have a, a lust spirit and a, and a demonic spirit and you wonder why you have an envious and a jealous spirit and you wonder why you have all these things because that's what you're listening to. That's what you're hearing. That's who you're hanging out with. God spoke into nothing and made everything. God desires that we be a church who not just preaches life, but speaks life. You want to be different from every other church in Bridgeport City? What? You want to be different? Amen? Then speak life. Speak well about everybody. Speak love towards everybody. Love those who persecute you. Love those who, who offend you. Love those who send indirects at you on Facebook. Don't shoot indirects back because indirects about people directly offend God. I wish we would understand. I wish we would believe that, that as, at some point as Christians, there's got to be at least one church. I'm not saying no one's doing it yet, but there's got to be one church who matures. And said, enough of the petty bickering and fighting. Enough of the gossiping. And let me speak life. Pure, unadulterated life. Speak love towards those who hate you. Death and life are in the tongue. We speak life, rather we preach life, but many times we speak death. We don't have time for words of defamation, only words of affirmation as I was preparing this series I heard the little chatterbox voice of my sister-in-law Lori you know when I first became a pastor I had a propensity to you know Alex says I have my own language that when I say you suck it means you're awesome and that when I say I can't stand you it means I love you to pieces and over the course of the life you better be quiet up in the balcony up there that was too much of a uh-huh. Over the course of the last five years, yesterday I celebrated five years of being an ordained minister in Jesus Christ. Amen. And, you know, I, I can reflect back and really, and Lori, I don't know how, when she developed this, but there was always this great phrase she would say to me. Where's that build? Words that build. Like, oh man, this sucks. Words that build. You know, I can't stand you. Words that build. No matter what would happen. Words that build. Words that build. Words that build. And I just didn't name this sermon series Words That Build because I knew she would want me to. I said, Words that prosper. That's better. But this is really words that build. I just. The remix and I had to learn I'm still learning I haven't perfected this to speak life 
to speak life. And when I couldn't, it's better not to speak at all. If you want to be looked at different in the eyes of those who don't know God, you start by not living a life of a twisted tongue that speaks praises in church but curses in the world. If your mouth can get you in trouble outside this place, it's not because you're speaking God's word. Oftentimes it's because we're doing the opposite. I'm asking a lot of questions today. What have you been talking about? How have you been cursing? Swearing? How can you bless God with the same mouth? You know that old saying, you kiss your mother with that mouth? No, I pull out my other mouth and I use that one. But do you praise God with that same mouth? I'm posing questions to you to provoke thought in you. If God's word shaped the earth, what are your words shaping? Who have you cursed? Who have you blessed? In moments of anger, we've cursed our future. We've cursed the day we were born. We've cursed our homes, our jobs, our marriages, our children. We've cursed our finances. We've cursed our brothers, our cousins, our sisters, our aunts and uncles. We spew it all out on Facebook. We spew it all out on Instagram. We spew it all out on every facet that we can. Most of the time because you ain't got no friends and nobody want to hear you. Pause. Pause real quick. Instagram is for pictures, not pictures of words. Play. Go. You can't make this stuff up. Who got that idea? Let me take a picture of words on my phone. What are you saying? What are you saying? At this point, there should be a sense of conviction coming over you. That maybe just maybe your life is a culmination, not of your circumstances, but of your words. You think of sin. Most sin starts with words. Most sexual relations that are not in line with the view of God always start with words. You don't believe me? They have chat rooms where you just go and find people to sleep with. It starts with words. Words can get you in the trouble. James, James chapter 3, he writes a couple of good verses on your mouth. We all stumble in many ways. I'm in verse 2 of chapter 3. Anyone who is never at fault in what they say is perfect. Able to keep their whole body in check. When we put bits in the horse, into the mouths of horses to make them obey us, we can turn the whole animal. Or take a ship for an example. Although they are so large, they are driven by strong winds. They are steered by a very small rudder wherever the pilot wants to go. Likewise, the tongue is a small part of the body, but it makes great boasts. Consider what a great forest is set on fire by a small spark. The tongue is a fire, a world of evil among the parts of the body. It corrupts the whole body. Sets the entire course 
of one's life on fire and it's itself set on fire by hell. James is an amazing writer. He is not the apostle James. He's the brother of Jesus. In the beginning, he did not believe in Jesus, but upon the resurrection of Jesus, he converted. And he has a revelation from God and the book of James is primarily written to the Israelite people, to the Christians. And James, James starts in verse 2 by saying, if you're perfect with your words, eh, we all mess up. He says, we all have moments where we speak the wrong words. Somebody's saying, man, I can't just be in a perfect church, am I? You all speak perfect every day, right? James gives three metaphors about the power of your words. Three metaphors. One, the bit in a horse's mouth, the bit, it weighs less than a, about, about less than a pound. It's a, it's a metal piece and they put it into the horse's mouth. And then it's attached to these leather straps that go all around the horse's ears. And it's the head bridle of the horse. And, and it's attached to the reins. And you turn the thing left or right. And it pulls the horse's mouth. And just that little thing, that little less than, less than, less than a pound can move a, a 1,300 pound horse in the direction you want. And James says, the mouth is just like that. Very small. But it can move your entire life. He says, a ship, a ship, a big ship. Think of one of these giant, giant aircraft carriers that, that they, they're able to be the size of a small city, weigh hundreds of thousands of tons, could be, you know, seven, eight hundred feet long or bigger. These things are massive. And the rudder is about 20 feet. And this 20-foot rudder, it steers the entire ship. So is your tongue. Small, but it will steer your life. He says, just a small spark can start a forest fire. I was looking at just different things. And in 1871, on the same day of the Chicago fire, there was a fire in in about two states away and it killed 1700 people started by a small spark off the axe of a of a of a a, uh, one of those guys who cuts trees i can't think of their name right now lumberjack there you go lumberjack i'm making a mental note so i won't forget it again what was that i'm just kidding he did it again and and when they hit the tree it caused a small spark in a dry place and burned down 3 million acres killed 1700 people so is your tongue you can kill many with it you can burn down the foundation of your life such small things in comparison to the size of the objects in which they control so is your tongue it's a small part of the body weighs about 6 to 7 ounces but yet it dictates the direction of your life. I said it before and I'll say it again. Your life is headed in the direction of your words. What have you been talking about? What have you been talking about? Verse 6, he says, The tongue is a fire, a world of evil among the parts of the body. It corrupts the whole body, sets the whole course 
of one's life on fire and is itself set on fire by hell. Your tongue has the ability to shift the direction of your life. That may seem elementary, but yet so many of you have not mastered it after a lifetime in church. He refers to the tongue as being set on fire straight from hell. Your life is headed in the direction of your words. Although small, your mouth is a big problem. Somebody say amen. As a church, we have to mature in our speech. We have to make a conscious effort to choose life. Choose life. David wrote in Psalms 19 verse 14, Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. That should be your prayer that God, would you please let me meditate on you that I may only speak life. David draws a correlation. He says, let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable. What the heart has inside, the mouth reveals. It's an issue not of your mouth. It's an issue of your heart. There was a point in the ministry of Jesus where some super religious individuals called Pharisees really talked bad about Jesus for his disciples not washing their hands the way they did it. They looked down upon Jesus for doing things differently. It is here we find some important things concerning the mouth. Jesus, our Savior, Matthew 15, 17, he says this. Do you not see whatever goes into the mouth passes into the stomach and is expelled? Jesus just said, don't you realize what you eat, you poop? He's just real nice about it. I'm not that holy yet. I poop. But what comes out of the mouth proceeds from the heart. Unless you're pregnant and you throw up it. That's a different story. But he says what comes out of the mouth defiles a person. For out of the heart come evil thoughts, murder, adultery, sexual immorality, theft, false witness, slander. These are what defile a person. But to eat with unwashed hands do not defile a person. Yes, your tongue is a world of evil, but it is fueled by your heart. It's a condition of your heart. What you put in your heart is what comes out your mouth. I've said it before and I say it again when someone's around me and you know, people are always on best behavior around pastor. I don't want that. I want you to be you. I don't need to see your representative because I'm going to be me. People drop a cuss word and like they hide their face and try to get any more that are coming out. I'm so sorry. I don't know what got into me. No, no, no. It's not what got into you. It's what came out of you. It's what's already in you. Are you picking this up? 
Proverbs 4.23, it says, keep your heart with all vigilance, for from it flow the springs of life. You should protect your heart. What you're watching and what you're listening to and how you think about people and your perception of others, protect your heart, church. For what comes out of the mouth proceeds from the heart. And if you got a nasty, foul mouth, and if you're a gossiper, you got a gossiper's heart, not a mouth. Leave that to the people who do that stuff. You're supposed to be saved. Leave the, the, the foul mouth language to the people who do that. Why don't we finally mature in our mouth? And the reason is because we haven't matured in our heart. Because Jesus said that Luke 6, 45, the good person out of good treasure of his heart produces good. And evil people out of the evil treasure produces evil. For out of the abundance of the heart, a man's mouth speaks. If all you could do is speak death, it's because you sowed too much death in you. If all you do is speak negative, it's because you got a negative heart. I know some negative people. No matter what you do, everything's negative. The glass isn't just half empty. It's like cracked too and leaking. And like there's always, oh, but uh, go, 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 go. listen, your life is not that bad. You're still breathing. You're still breathing. You have the ability to create life. But we'd be bought into the lie that that's not God's plan for us. And God rather have us have less than what he desires. Our heart needs to mature out of the abundance. One, one translation says from the overflow of the heart. Could you imagine? Imagine my, my mother-in-law. When I first met my wife tomorrow, I'm celebrating two years of marriage. Amen. When I, when I first met my wife. When I, when I first met her, I used to go to my mother-in-law's house and my mother-in-law would make me coffee and I had stopped drinking coffee until I met these women and now I'm addicted again. Pray for your pastor. And and and, and she would, she would they do it old Puerto Rican style in that little sock. I don't know what it's called. I'd call it a sock thing. I can't even say that because I'm American and um, whatever. Okay, and, and so and so she would put the milk, she would always put the carnation milk one part carnation milk, one part water in the Puerto Rican in the building. Amen. And and y'all are so weak. Y'all stopped like so quick. And she put it on the, the stove and she would warm it up. And then she would forget about it. It's happened like at least twice a week, I think, I swear. And it would bubble up. Boil over and get all over the stove. She'd come running. And the moment she took it off, it would just die. That's what the scripture is referring to. Out of the bubbling overflow of your heart. What you've been cooking, what you've been heating up inside of you, what you've been meditating on. Because you meditate how somebody talked about you. And you can't wait to say something to them. And you meditate in your mouth and in your, in your head. You meditate on all these ungodly things. You meditate on things. And, you, and then you cook them over and boil them up in your heart. And then it comes out your mouth. Hello? Girl, would you believe what so-and-so said about our church? Come on. I wish I had an honest church today. I wish I had an honest church that we would keep our heart with all vigilance. For from it flow the springs of life. But on the flip side, also from it flow 
springs of death. That you have the ability to kill the Holy Spirit of God within your life. But let me rephrase. You, you can kill the fruit of the Holy Spirit of God in your life. By constant planting of seeds that don't honor God. You can always tell the maturity of a Christian by the content of their conversation. Give me five minutes, I'll talk to you. I'll tell you if you're mature in your faith or not. You can tell a real Christian by the sound of their words. God should be the treasure that is in your heart that overflows. I store up godly treasure. I I study, I read the word, I try my best. And I fail at times, but I try my best to put what God desires in me. And from that, I'm able to speak life and speak goodness and godliness. And I draw from that place of of depth that I've stored up. And I, I try my best to read the word and I study the word. And from there, I draw. I worship throughout the week and I watch other sermons and pastors and preachers. And from there, I draw from it. What have you been watching that you're drawing from? What are you saying? Ephesians 4.29, let no corrupting talk come out of your mouth but only such as is good for building up as fits the occasion that it may give grace to those who hear. Your conversation should bring grace to people. It should reflect God. We should commit ourselves to being a church that speaks words of grace even to those who speak against. Be a church who matures in our speech and speaks life to everyone around us. I've been pastoring five years. I know what it means to be talked about. I know what it means to be gossiped about. For five years, my life has been under the microscope of every pastor within a 50-mile radius. I've been called every name in the book. I've been called a, a heretic. I've been called a charlatan. I've been called a false prophet. I've been called a a pastor by default. They said I'm a cult leader. I've never responded to not one of them. It's not what they call you. It's what you answer to. I purposed in my heart years ago that I would not get caught up in the war of words. I've been talked about all over Facebook, all over Instagram before there was an Instagram. Been talked about on Tumblr. Top that been talked about they sent emails about me across a network of pastors they sent all types of foolishness about me but yet i stood on who god said i was and not who man said i was i can say this i can say this i never disrespected a pastor in this city or apostle or bishop whatever they call themselves nowadays I never talk down to nobody. I see him, I show him the love of Christ. I've had people closest to me badmouth me all over Facebook, not just pastoral leaders. I'm talking quote unquote church members and indirects. I'm talking about family members, anybody. I've been talked about all over the place and not once have I responded. I have purposed in my heart that I will not get caught up in the foolishness of words that I would try my best to reflect the goodness and the greatness of God. 
Because that's what being a Christian is about. What good is it to be a Christian if every time the opportunity comes to be like Christ, we are not? What's the point? We might as well not come on Sundays, pack up, sell all the equipment. We should strive to live holy, to speak life. Have I messed up along the way? Yeah. We all have moments where we're not speaking life. We all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. But I'm asking you to make a commitment with me. But as a church, we will not retaliate with words against people, but we'll retaliate with love. That we will say, you know what? It doesn't matter who's hurt me. Doesn't matter what they said about me. What matters is God's opinion of me. This is word that it's an attribute of God and it's the word immutable. And I don't like the word immutable because I think it's too much of a big word. And if you ask people what does immutable mean, they'll be like, like, you can't mute it? And I'm like, no, that's not what it means. It means unchangeable. And I think they should have just said unchangeable. But an attribute of God is he is unchangeable. There is nothing that can change God and so I think about that I think about that and I say to myself I don't care what anybody in this city thinks about me they can't change God somebody should have just got like a you should have been reprieved right there no matter what anyone thinks or says about you you may have been an ex-prostitute an ex-drug addict you might be a, a recovering alcoholic you could be a recovering whore you could be whatever you want and people will always remember you for what you've done if I asked you what was the name of the man who, who, who didn't believe that Jesus had risen most of you would say Doubting Thomas because we always seem to remember people and give them a permanent name for a temporary emotion So, so what, what I'm trying to tell you is that no matter what folks have said about you, no matter what they've done to you, all that matters is what he says about you, is what God thinks about you. Don't get caught up in the words of man. It's got to be one or the other. Either you're going to speak life or you're going to speak death. James says the tongue is full of evil. Verse 10, out of the same mouths, we praise and curse. My brothers, this should not be. This should not be. He says, no man can tame the tongue. And what he really means is, you're going to need the help of Almighty God. It takes a conscious decision to follow God and to put God in your heart in order to change your mouth. You can't, that's why you, can, you can't fake being a real Christian. That don't even make sense. You can't fake being a real Christian because real Christians have a certain sound in their voice. I got a couple of friends of mine. They got this other kind of Jesus. Hey, this guy is so Jesus up like he's just his name is he's a pastor in New Haven. Justin Kendrick, good friend of mine. This guy has a whole different level Jesus. Like if there were levels, he's like level 10. Like he walks with Jesus. It's crazy. 
And you can always tell these people by the sincerity in their voice. By the truth that flows from them. The Apostle James, he says, can salt water and fresh water flow from the same creek? No, it cannot. It, it cannot. Likewise, you can't be godly and talk ungodly. If you talk ungodly, I have a secret for you. You are ungodly. If you talk like a gossiper, chances are you're a gossiper. If you always retaliate against people with your words according to what they've said or done to you, you, my friend, are immature. You, my friend, are an elementary Christian. And it's about time that we grew up. I don't mean to offend nobody, but I just know what I go through on a daily basis leading this church. I can only imagine what you go through following this leader. And so I'm not saying this to come at you. I'm saying this to protect you. I'm saying this so you can speak life over your own self. You can't look to nobody else to do it. Life and death rest in your mouth. It takes a conscious decision. Follow after God. Will I choose blessings or will I choose curses? Some of you here today, maybe you're offended by other people's words. Maybe the words of your mother, your father, or some teacher, maybe have scarred you for life. People have spoken negatively into your heart and they've sown seeds of pain and hurt and you're reaping a harvest of turmoil. Maybe some of you are here hurt and trapped over the words of others. It's a common thing to be hurt by words. I think one of the greatest lies I've ever heard, and I told you before, is sticks and stones may break my bones, but words would never hurt me. I don't know who made that up, but when I find out, I'm going to punch him right in the face. And if it's a girl, I'm going to have my wife do it. Get her, baby. Yes. Wrong, girl. How many of you know that's not the truth? If words never hurt nobody, teen suicides would be way down. If words didn't hurt nobody, we'd have a generation of men who, who, who can be feminine and not be called homosexuals. If we words never hurt nobody, then there'd be a, a, a generation of men who would believe in themselves. A generation of women who do not think that they're with just some cheap old thing that they can just toss around like nothing they would have value in themselves but too many people have spoken over this generation and said you ain't nothing you ain't never going to be nothing we think that just because we come from Bridgeport we have to act like Bridgeport no you don't he's called you to be light first thing God ever did was defeat darkness that's your job so everywhere you walk you're, you're shining light through your mouth you're shining light shining light the grace of God shone through your speech Maybe someone's belittled you, but I came here to tell someone today that God thinks you are awesome. God thinks you're worth dying for. You would eat the fruit of your lips. Why don't you choose not to speak toxic words towards others? 
Try your best. If you have nothing good to say, don't say anything. Try your best that when people come against you, keep your mouth shut and pray for them. That sounds super spiritual, right? Pray for folks who persecute you. No, it's called being a Christian. It's not super spiritual. It's entry level Christianity. There's some here today in your heart that you love God, but nonetheless, you've not surrendered your heart. Your talk reflects that you have not surrendered your heart. It's funny because you have to understand, Jesus said it's not what goes in the mouth that defiles you, it's what comes out. But often, what goes into your mouth is dictated by what's come out of your mouth. What I mean by that, when you call up a drug dealer and say, I need some, I need, give, me, give, me, give me two dimes. And then what came in, come, comes out of your mouth ends up defiling you. I wish somebody could pick this up. Nobody want to say amen because I'm going to know you a pothead. got a lot of recovering potheads in this church you're looking at one I've been clean seven years praise the Lord Jesus amen what comes out of our mouth is what defiles us and some folks today you haven't surrendered your heart completely maybe maybe you've been you know what really troubles me what troubles me is lifetime immature Christians in church your whole life still immature still nothing but a negative Nancy talking junk about everybody gossiping about everybody and then everyone's words offend you it's time you matured in your heart it's time you said you know what greater is he who is in me than he that is in the world I don't know why we're so surprised when it's the people who call themselves Christians who hurt us it's one of the saddest travesties in the church that it is the church who hurts the church. Because there's been Christians who said things to me that never that, that, that the world could say it would never hurt the same. But I want to challenge you in this moment that you would speak life. You would let the word of God flow through your heart. I want to make that commitment myself today that from here on forward that I will commit that the words that I speak will bring life and that there'll be a blessing to the hearers over the next couple of weeks maybe you might not want to come next week I'm going to talk about the spirit of gossip no amens there a bunch of folks writing down that don't come to church next week because he's talking to me close up with this I love doing stupid stuff <laughs> uh, you know I used to have this when I was younger this is really dumb when I was about till I was about like 17 years old while I was watching TV y'all gonna laugh because it's stupid I had this thing that every time it got to the best part it's before DVR I would shut it off for no reason I shut it back on I turn it back on I have no idea why I would do that. I would just turn it off at the best part. But turn I'm missing it and turn it back on. Makes no sense, right? Well, the other day I did something else dumb. But the Lord spoke to me through my stupidity. I was watching the Miami Heat lose to the Pacers. 
Y'all some haters. And I'm a Nick fan, so I don't care. I'm done. Pray for me. I'm depressed. So I rebuke that in the name of Jesus. Gotta speak life. I love you, Carmelo Anthony. And so, and so I'm watching Dwayne Wade. He's dribbling the ball up the court. And you can hear the tens of thousands of fans screaming. And here I am trying to hear the sound of the ball dribbling over the sound. I'm an idiot. I'm sitting in my room. I'm putting the volume up. I think my wife was sleeping. She probably just wasn't happy about that. I'm just putting the volume up. And I'm thinking to myself, when I go to the gym and I bounce the ball in a big building, yeah, boom. Every time you dribble, anybody know what I'm talking about? Anybody got game here? You ain't got no game, Alex. And so, and so, and so I'm, I'm sitting there and, and the Lord began to speak to me about this sermon. And he said, some people, they won't hear this message because there's too many other things in their heart. And so if this room was full, you wouldn't hear the resonance of that bang. It's called reverb. How it bounces off different corners of walls. And so a basketball, when you bounce it, it reverbs throughout the entire. But when the place is full, you don't hear it the same. It's just not the same. As a matter of fact, you can't hear it. It's a dead sound. And some people in this room, your heart is too full of garbage and you can't hear the word of God. It doesn't resonate in you. And I began to feel the Holy Spirit say, I want to do something great, but I only can do something great against, or rather with people who can pour themselves out for me. Who can empty themselves of themselves. And just leave me. Just me. It's going to sound funny, but you ever seen somebody's people <clears throat> on Facebook or something like that and you know I don't mean to be up all you Facebookers they put a picture up just me ain't nobody else in that picture I know it's just you girl I see I mean boy I see it's just you just me the other one no filter that ain't you cut that out that's lo-fi that's that's my favorite filter lo-fi i don't know why but what i'm saying what, what i'm trying to say is sometimes have you ever took one of those pictures and realized it was just me god has not been with me the way he could be if i would let him walk into my heart I know I made a joke of it, but maybe it really is just you. Maybe you've been trying so many things. You've been trying everything, but in the end, like Carmen sang earlier, it's none but Jesus. Church, if you want to ever mature as a Christian, and I pray that you do, I really do, because we need mature Christians in Bridgeport. I know folks been in church their whole life, 80 years old, ain't even mature in Christ yet. We need mature Christians in Bridgeport who have a great worldview and who believe that God can still work miracles. 
Would you just bow your heads right where you're at? Just bow your heads. Don't look at nobody around you. I know there's people in this room who you're hurt by words. I know some folks today, like that basketball, you can't hear the word of God resonate in you the way it should because there's just so many other things. There's so much me in you. There's so much me and God says, is there room? Is there room for someone who thought you were worth dying for? You know, I believe with all my heart, I believe with all of my heart that what's going to change Bridgeport for the good is when a church decides to grow up and to speak life. I don't want you to take what I'm about to ask you next lightly. And maybe you don't know Christ as your Savior and I want to give you that opportunity too that maybe you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. You never made that commitment. But I want to ask you all today, maybe you want to make a commitment to Christ and maybe you want to stand with your pastor and say, Pastor, you know what? I'm with you and I'm going to do my best to speak life at every junction of my life. I'm going to speak the greatness and the goodness of God in the face of gossip, in the face of adversity, in the face of criticism and ridicule, in the face of people who don't understand the God that I serve. I'm going to speak life and nothing else. And I'm going to do my best to sow seeds that produce a great harvest in Jesus Christ. And I will do my best to be a part of the solution and not the problem. And I will do my best, Pastor. I will speak life and I will sow God into my heart that when I open my mouth, all that is in me is him and that is all that can come out because I want to be a saved, sanctified, filled with the Holy Ghost, sold out, blood-bought, committed servant of the Most High God and that person right there who matures in Christ, all they can do is speak life. If that's you, come on, would you stand to your feet and you say, I want to speak life. I want to be a bringer of life with my mouth. I want to stand and be a bringer of life. That's amazing. Come on, would you just lift your hands right where you're at? If you stood up, maybe you're making a commitment for Christ and, 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 and you're here today. I mean, some of you are hurt in this place. You don't have to live hurt. You can live healed. You can live healed. For the Bible says that by his stripes you are healed. Every scar, every emotional scar over your life, every negative word the enemy has spoken over you right now. I come against it in the name of Jesus. I come against the false witnesses, Father God. I come against every negative word that has been spoken into your people. I come against the words that have been spoken over our children. I come against every word spoken against the husbands, spoken against the wives, spoken against the aunts, the uncles, the brothers. I come against every negative word spoken against this church. It shall not bear fruit here. It shall not. I reject it. I take that seed out and I speak the life and the blood of Jesus Christ. And I choose to speak life over my situation, over my city, over my family over at my church I will speak life at every junction whenever opportunity arises Father God I will speak and sow what you have told me to 
my job. I speak life into our marriages, into our finances. No weapon can prosper. Father, our prayer right now is that you would fill our hearts. That what would come out be satisfactory to you. Fill our hearts so that what would come out would bring life. Bring life, Father God. Father, teach us not to speak against those who are made in your image. For all we do is speak against you. Father, let hate not reside in our hearts. But let life, life come. Father, we want to be agents of life. People who bring life the Holy Spirit right now saying there's some people here today you've got some folks to forgive in your life you've got some folks who've hurt you there's some girls here you've been hurt by men there's some men here you've been hurt by women and God says it's time you forgave there's some church folk here who you're hurt by churches and God says it's time you forgave it's time you released it speak life into that situation right now come on when you see that freedom right now receive it right now I speak life over this church, Lord Jesus. I speak healing over the hearts of these women, over the minds of these men. Overflow from our hearts life. Let us speak words that prosper. Words that prosper for the name of Jesus Christ. speak words that prosper. Father, let our hearts be filled with you. Let our hearts be filled with you. That all that comes out, that all that will flow from us is not gossip or cursing or rejection, but Lord, that it would just be life. For by the heavens, heavens God you declared your words just stand your word declares that you formed and fashioned the earth with just your words God let us reshape our city with our words let us reshape our lives with our words Worship him. Let 
true. 